the horror genre. I'm your host, Nicole, and it's time to share another dark tale. brothers and sisters to a bonus episode of the religion and horror series today we are going to be discussing the exorcist believer by david gordon green and i am joined once again by friend of the show nat welcome back nat thanks for having me bud of course so i saw this movie on i think october 8th and it is now october 22nd (laughs) (laughs) We are just now recording this episode. Like everybody in the world, I think, has already released an episode on this movie. (laughs) So I think like the devil's trying to trip us up. So we had to record on the Lord's Day. Of course. Of course. It's poetic. Yes. So (laughs) we're a little bit cursed. um, But as far as I know, there have been like no deaths or maimings. It's just we're having fall fun and doing creative things. And so we have difficult schedules. Staying busy, but staying excited. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right. I always tell people when they ask how we are, I'm like, well, you know, we're busy, but happy. <laughs> Literally, dude, especially in October. For sure. Yeah. You know, I don't even know why as like horror folks and podcasters, we try to like do more during spooky season because we already have more going on, you know, but I think we just get so excited that it's the one time of year where it's okay to overextend yourself because we're just having a blast. That's exactly what it is. So originally, um, I like I told the audience before, we decided to cover The Exorcist specifically because you wanted to. Um, and I thought, of course, it'll make a good October episode because it's a classic. And then I was like, well... We're doing, they're releasing The Exorcist Believer. And also, William Friedkin just passed away. He passed, oh, you didn't know? I didn't know. Like, oh, maybe a month or two ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. I did not know. Yeah. So timing on it is really kind of perfect. Um, So just like I said, I wasn't initially super excited about it, but you just, you can't fight fate, as they say in Terminator, right? (laughs) (laughs) So here we are. Um, Here we are. Um, But before we dive into The Exorcist, let me ask you this. What did you think about the David Gordon Green Halloween trilogy, also known as Hallow Green? I never watched it, (gasps) to be honest. I never watched it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm weird about slashers. I really like them, um, but I never really dove into like a lot of them aside from like Scream and like the first or second of each franchise. Mm-hmm. So I just I never saw them. Wow. Okay. Because I know you and I and David and AJ went to see the 2018 Halloween together yeah. in Lakeland, and we all liked it pretty well. Yeah. Um, and you know it's it's one of the better in the Halloween franchise, I would say. Right. But. Kill Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends like have both gotten interesting receptions. I've heard they're mixed reviews. Yeah, yeah. I've heard 
lot of mixed reviews. Some, some people really like it. Some people really hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know. After watching the first one, I really liked the first one. But I never felt called to watch any of the other ones, to be honest. Yeah, I I mean, I've I'm I, I'm, I can't help myself, you know, I'm like, I got to do it. And also, they both came <laughs> out like during COVID. So they you could go to the movie and see it if you wanted, but they came straight to streaming. And so it was very oh, low stakes, yeah. you know, um, and like I there were there were good things. There were like things to enjoy in all of them. And I also will be interested to like see t- 10, 20 years down the road, how they sort of like rank Because there are a lot of terrible slasher sequels that we love now, you know? Time is a magical thing. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. So many movies have been, like, hated in their day, but, like, 10 or 20 years later, they're like, wow, it's a cult classic. Right. So time is a wonderful thing. It's true. But part of what was abundantly clear to me is that he had a vision and, like, a direction on the first one. Mm. And then the other two, it was clear that there was no plan, that they just greenlit it. Money! Exactly. Um, So when they announced that there were three new Exorcist movies coming out by the same man, I was a little worried. Yeah, it's giving cash grab for sure. Yeah. And so I was like, well, again, the first one, let's see how it goes. Um. But I'm just not sure that we need two more of these. How do you feel about that? Are you do, do you want more or are you? Good? I have a lot of feelings. I have a lot of feelings. So like going to see this was kind of tricky um, to begin with because I had to make sure that I saw it obviously before like we chatted about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also didn't want to go see it by myself. But also AJ had absolutely no no part of him wanted to watch this. Oh, and so I like put a call out to my friends online and I was like, does anybody want to go with me? And so one of my friends from um, like my art market friends came and then my friend Carolina came. Um, So I went with Carolina and Kayla and it was so funny because they had only seen the first one Mm -hmm. um, and we're like, let's just go, you know? And so we go into it and we all have a lot of different feelings about it. But at the end I was just kind of like, I see what's happening I understand why they made this the way that they made it. I hate that there's going to be two more. <laughs> so I feel the same way about that. Um, and and I definitely am not here to just complain about David Gordon Green, but I think it's important context. And yeah. I guess, um, so I have not read any reviews or listened to any reviews of this. I was like, I really just want to go in with my own thoughts and I'll do that later. But just... From just chatter I've seen here and there, it does seem like the reception hasn't been great. Mm. Um, And long story short, without diving into like spoilers yet, I liked it more than I expected to, Okay, which really shocked me. I mean, I expected it to just have some super cringy eye-rolly moments like I had in Kills and Ends, and like that just never came. So I went in expecting to hate it, and instead like found some good things in it. But however, mm-hmm. in the the days after it was released, apparently there was this announcement that, oh, David Gordon Green might not be coming back for the other two. And I think it's because the reception wasn't great. Yeah. So it's yet to be seen, I guess, as to what's going to happen. Will there be more? Will there not be more? But apparently they paid like $400 million for the rights to this. Oh, my God. Um, I 
honestly and earnestly hope that there is not more. Um, I went into this with my expectations on the floor, to mm-hmm. be fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a movie. Um, they made choices without getting into spoiler stuff. Uh, it definitely, there were parts of it that it seemed to me were just trying to like appeal to as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that in a bit. But yeah, it just is one of those things where when we were in the car and we were leaving the theater, Kayla was like, yeah, I guess they're making two more. And I was like, please, God, no, (laughs) please, no. (laughs) Oh, okay. So let me um, let me get into the synopsis and then we will dive right in. Good day. Be home by dinner. I love you. Good morning, Mr. Fielding. Morning, Catherine. And here are your daughters, Angela and Catherine. It's about seven hours ago, and that's the last information we have. Catherine! Angela! If you can hear this, we love you. Please come home. Hey. Hey, you found her? What are you and Catherine doing out there in those woods? You're just walking and walking. That's what I remember. Angela, can you tell your dad how long you were gone? A few hours. Baby, you've been gone three days. They brought something back with them. The body and the blood of Jesus Christ. people out there who have. You have some experience with possession. Yes, more than I'd like. I believe you can help get our girls back. Exorcism is a ritual. Every culture, every religion, they all use different methods. It's going to take all of them. We've met before. Mother. Make it stop! It's hurting! What did you do? Is that Catherine's heartbeat? They're beating in sync. Photographer Victor Fielding and his pregnant wife, Seren, blessed by a voodoo practitioner, are on their honeymoon until a massive earthquake ensues. Seren is gravely injured, and paramedics tell Victor he must choose to save either his wife or his unborn child, Angela. 
13 years later, Victor has lost his faith in God since Seren's death while raising Angela on his own in Georgia. One day after school, Angela ventures into the woods with her best friend, Catherine, to perform a ritual in an attempt to contact Angela's mother. Victor realizes his daughter is missing and contacts Catherine's parents, Miranda and Tony, as a three-day manhunt ensues. The girls are found in a barn on the third day. Though traumatized, they seem relatively normal and are taken home, having only suffered burn marks to their feet. The next day, Angela suddenly attacks Victor and begins convulsing, while Catherine has an outburst during a church service in which the sacrament of the Holy Communion is observed. Victor admits Angela into the hospital where their nurse neighbor Anne attends to her and Miranda begins to theorize that the girls traveled to hell and brought back a demon with them, hence the burns to their feet. The girls' conditions worsen as their burns become more severe. Anne reveals that she was a prospective nun, which ended after a pregnancy that resulted in an abortion. She believes Angela is possessed and gives Victor a book written by Chris McNeil, who experienced a similar situation with her daughter Reagan in 1973. Chris has spent her life researching exorcisms in every culture while becoming world-renowned for her studies. However, Reagan became distant from her mother due to the memoir's success and has not seen her since. Victor searches for Chris and takes her to the hospital to see Angela before going to Catherine's home. While Victor attends to Miranda and Tony, Chris goes upstairs and begins to perform her own deliverance ritual on Catherine. Catherine stabs Chris multiple times in the eyes with a cross, blinding her, and she is rushed to the hospital. Victor, Miranda, Tony, and Anne reach out to the church for an exorcism. Chris advises Victor to use methods from different cultures, and the group seeks the help of Don Revens, Catherine's family's pastor, Stuart, a Pentecostal preacher, and Dr. Bahib, a root work healer. The group plans an exorcism, but the local Catholic diocese forbids Father Maddox from participating as they feel that the children are suffering from a psychiatric disorder. The girls are tied to chairs as the group proceeds with the exorcism. Anne uses a crucifix with the St. Benedict medal engraved on it to battle the demon. The demon reveals that Victor did not choose to keep Angela alive 13 years ago. He chose Seren, but she died from her injuries. As Anne reads from the biblical text of Ezekiel 16, the demon begins to shriek. The demon tells him that he needs to choose which of the girls gets to live and which one will die, and if a choice is not made, it will kill them both. While Miranda and Victor both refuse to forsake each other's child, Maddox, who has a change of heart, rejoins the group. Maddox reads from the Roman ritual only for the demon Lamashtu to snap his neck and kill him. Victor regains his faith and begins to pray the Lord's Prayer, which he learned as a child. As Victor apologizes to Angela and uses Seren's scarf to attempt to strengthen her against the demon, Tony yells that he chooses Catherine and Angela flatlines. Suddenly, the demon reveals that the one that was chosen would be the one who died. Catherine screams for her parents as the demon drags her to hell while Angela starts to breathe. Police arrive as Miranda and Tony fail to resuscitate Catherine, and Victor tearfully reunites with his daughter. In the aftermath, Victor visits Seren's grave. Miranda and Tony mourn the loss of Catherine, and Angela returns to school. In the hospital, Chris is reunited with Reagan, who forgives her mother, and they emotionally embrace. The end. So, thoughts? Um, boof. Okay. Okay. So, 
all fairness, before I saw this movie, I saw your stories about it and I saw that you were like kind of excited about it or like had things that you liked about it. And when I watched it and I saw that they were kind of diving into not only Catholicism, but also like, you know, like a Baptist preacher and a Pentecostal preacher, I was like, I could see why, you know, your ears are peaked, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, several gripes right off the bat. Um, I got really frustrated the way that Chris was like constantly saying she wasn't an exorcist. And yet still went upstairs by herself to see the little girl. I'm like, what a bad idea. What an (laughs) awful thought. Um, You're frail. You're old. You've said many a time you are not an exorcist. You've just done a lot of research. So, like, why are you going up there by yourself? Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was really frustrating. I also felt like bringing her in could have been really cool, but they took her out really quickly. So it just felt very shoehorned, which was frustrating. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I also, also felt that um, the neighbor, Anne, first of all, I love the actress who plays her. I don't remember her name right off the bat, um, but she's been in a bunch of other stuff. She was in The Leftovers. Yeah. She was in um, Hereditary. I love her. She's great at being like a like offsetting older woman. And love. Dowd. And Dowd. What a queen. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was really excited to see that she was in it. Um, I like the idea of her, you know, being this really devout person and having this earnest faith. I did get really frustrated at what felt like weird attempts to bring up pro-life stuff mm-hmm. with her mm-hmm. and then also with the cho- the Victor making the choice for his wife and then it backfired. thought that was really weird. Um, I like the idea of there being a root worker. I did not like that she was also kind of pseudo-Christian. Which brought about, like, I think I heard somebody once, like, call the the attempt at an exorcism, like, when in the trailer, I think they said, we're going to need all of them or something like that. And it felt very Avengers-y, which was very strange. <laughs> um, but she, I did think it, they jumped a shark a little bit, a lot of bit, um, whenever she had, like, poured that water on them and this weird, like, magical mist starts coming up and it's like very cg-esque and i'm like what is happening like yeah there's no background for it no for all the work that you put into these practical effects for all the work that these little actresses are putting in with all they got you're gonna add magic it just seemed strange um and a little bit frustrating and then my final thought uh just like off of the cuff is i did get really frustrated that at the end of the day, the demon was not exercised. The demons bowed out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nobody took them out. They just decided to leave. And that was that was That's it. That's a great point. They just like took the one girl and, le- and left. They were like, okay, cool, bye. And then just left. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe because they want to make two more of these. And like, oh my they got to come back. I don't know. I don't know. Also, but like- side side note, how do we know it's Lamash too? I didn't realize that that was the case until you read the synopsis. Um, but Lamash too, and like, this could be based off of nothing. This is like my, like right off the brain. Um, we've been playing a Pathfinder campaign, which is like a D and D campaign for years Mm -hmm. now. And one of the, um, one of the monsters or like demons we've had to fight was like Lamash too and cults of Lamash too. And she's like the mother of monsters. So I wonder if they're playing off of that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, I'm like, how do we know that's who this is? Nobody has said that name. 
this this uh, synopsis is from Wikipedia. And so when I read it the first time, I thought the same thing. I was like, I don't remember them naming the demon. So either we missed it or this synopsis isn't correct, which is possible. But now I kind of want to go back and. Yeah, it could be that we missed it, but it could also be that it was one of those things that like was in the script and never made it to the movie. And they like found information of it online. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So who knows? Like the name of the demon, who the demon is, could be very important to the story. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's like, especially like as it unfolds. Um, A couple more notes really quick while I'm just like spitballing. Some good uh, is <laughs> Leslie Odom Jr., God love him, incredible, oh, did a really yeah. good job. The cast was actually really good in this the movie. The cast was really solid. Um, I did love, one thing I really liked, one thing I really didn't, just to get it all out there on paper. Um, I really liked that how they shot him and the varying sources of light. And this is going to sound so funny. Um, but I feel like. After Moonlight came out a couple years ago, there has been a big shift in Hollywood, um, at least a big trying shift to try to light actors of color better Mm -hmm. um, with like different off color lighting with Mm -hmm. environmental lighting. And that was very much used in here with like all of the cop colors and stuff like that, all the lights um, in the neighborhood. Uh, So I really liked that. Um, I will also say that one thing that really frustrated me was how quickly all the cuts came. Um, I don't think there was a cut in this movie that was longer than seven seconds. Everything moved so fast. When he was changing the chairs out in his in his house, I feel like one... Okay, this is going to sound super disjointed, but one of the reasons that I liked The Exorcist so much, and we talked about this on the last one, mm-hmm. was they really took their time. It definitely felt like someone put a camera in the room and just let it run while things mm-hmm. were happening mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Um, whereas this one, it was like a very simple task of him changing out the chairs, right? Like trying different chairs, changing them out, realizing they weren't going to fit. Every time he came into the room with a new chair, it was a different cut. So they literally cut, I think, five different times while he was just trying to change out the chairs in like eight seconds. Um, and I just think about like how much more, you know, dread, how much more suspense could you have built up for this like upcoming battle quote unquote by just letting it breathe Mm. nothing had time to breathe and that was really frustrating to me from a filmmaking standpoint yeah that's one thing I didn't notice uh, the like pacing and stuff but you're totally right I mean on a a bigger scale of of course like giving it time is always in something like this, especially now in like Halloween slasher movie. Sure. Keep it moving. Keep it, keep the pace yeah. up. But in something like this, you need, you need that dread. You mm-hmm. need that space. I mean, like you think about that scene. Um, I think I mentioned it in the other one, which, cause it's one of my favorite, like little subtleties when they're sitting in the room and, you know, Reagan opens the drawer and then closes it again with her mind. Like, that is such a subtle thing, but it's so unsettling because it just feels like you're sitting in a, like everything feels very grounded. Mm-hmm. And for this, I feel like it was just moving so fast that you did not have time to think. And some of the cuts were really cool because they like tried to splice stuff in there, which wasn't, you know, it could have been cool. But because everything else was also moving so fast, it took away from that, mm-hmm. I feel like. Well, I have like similar thoughts to you, but I have I think way more positives. I think I have way more positives than any person on the planet, to be honest. I love that for you though. I love that for you. I can't wait to hear. So 
So um, I, I, I will speak to some of the negatives that you brought up. Like the use of Chris was like half right. I love that she's like this expert and she has this book and that she introduces the idea of the um, exorcisms all over the world and exorcisms in different cultures. Like that was a great introduction. And I mean, honestly, I could have probably done without her in the movie at all. Just even her, the presence of her book, like probably would have been enough to like be her influence. But of course it's like a big draw that, Ellen Burson is in this. Is film. in the movie. Exactly. And I liked her being just very like a straightforward like voice of wisdom to uh to the dad, uh Victor. But I yeah, I did not like her confronting the demon. And then the demon like knows Reagan. I'm like, what is this? We don't What is this? this? It also and just to like piggyback off that, I feel like she going up there contradicts everything about her in the previous scene like she is this sage voice of wisdom who's done all this research and has gone through this and understands Mm -hmm. but then it's hard cut with her doing this foolhardy thing what is the the stabbing of the crucifix into her eyes i mean that was just fan service to the you know crucifix masturbation from the original one but way less impactful right and we didn't need it we just didn't need it you know it just felt like they wanted a scare and this was the scare yeah so was not a fan of that whole thing at all but some of the good stuff so I thought the first like 30 to 45 minutes where we're just getting to know the dad and the daughter and even like their disappearance that was all so solid I agree. Um, that was all very compelling. And again, you how you and I talked about when we talked about The Exorcist, giving the story time. I was like, they are giving the story time. We care about this family. We care about this mystery. Like, we want to see how this plays out. Um, and so I do appreciate that this wasn't just exorcism right off the bat and that they sure. went, you know, demon turned up to 10. It was pretty restrained in that regard. And I really appreciated that. <laughs> but... Once we get, I guess what we sort of lost, and I have heard a couple people say this, is they said it felt kind of like the exorcist light, like there wasn't enough creepy stuff and there wasn't like enough possession, which I sort of agree with to a point, but I would rather it err on the side of character building than err on the side of like too much demon. I will also say, I feel like a part where both parts get shafted, there are way too many people in this movie. Yes. Entirely too many people in this movie, entirely too many people they're asking you to care about. Mm -hmm. It for sure should have been one girl and not two. I definitely think that's super goofy, Um, especially because it seemed like the beginning of the movie was very much building up Angela and her family and her trauma. And then out of nowhere, we get like a scene of the other girl and her family. And then it all of a sudden becomes a story about both of them and both of their families. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, honestly, and I could be wrong, um, I feel like they were scared to make an exorcist movie about a black girl. They were like, we need to make sure that there are two girls. One of them has to be white. Uh, so that, you know, we have everyone showing up and showing out to this movie. Because if it's just a story about a black girl getting possessed, no one's going to go. I mean, I don't I don't doubt it because I did think that there were very like subtle racial themes going on here. It wasn't the star of the show, but there were dynamics for sure. Yeah, it just felt strange that I definitely feel like the second girl was shoehorned in 
There was not as much, you know, character development with her family. Mm-hmm. There was no backstory. Mm-hmm. It just kind of threw her in there to have somebody else. And I feel like if they would have cut her out and they would have only focused on Angela and it would have only like, the, you, first of all, you're cutting out three extra characters, mm-hmm. right? So you have more time to sit with everybody else. It also makes it more impactful, but mm-hmm. you change the whole story at that point. So. Yeah. Well, and also if they wanted to do something different too, I'm like, why are we doing young girls again? Could it be a boy? Could it be an adult? Like if you want to do something different. So the different thing they did was make it two instead of one. Yeah. Um, although there are some thematic things tied to that that I do like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you still could have figured it out. So, okay. The, the, the thing that I was the most excited about was the almost complete removal of the Catholic Church. That to me was a really fresh take. We've never I knew it seen, was gonna be something yeah, that you were here we've for. Yeah. never seen an exorcism movie without the Catholic Church, which how you know, there are so many people, religious people even, who don't have a frame of familiarity with the Catholic Church. So yeah. when the we opened up in Haiti, I was like, oh, are we gonna get like a Haitian? exorcism especially since in the beginning she's like blessing the child and so it's right. it's it's giving a positive spin on the like voodoo or hoodoo or white magic or like whatever it is it's like this is a positive thing right and so i that's kind of what i thought i was like are we going to end up and we got an element of it but i was like are they really going to go whole hog and do something different here um which they did not they did not but um i also this was a tiny thing that hit specifically me and and maybe you. I'll be interested to hear what you think. But it was cool for me to see so many different like denominations because we've got uh, the uh, Catherine's family there. I can't tell what denomination they are. Presbyterian, Episcopalian, maybe. Methodist. I think they're Baptists. They're Baptists. But like the way they Baptist. were taking communion was a little not Baptisty to me. But that's fair. It did seem a little bit more mainline. But yeah, yeah, it did. It did seem a little bit more mainline. I'll give it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But really, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Like it's you know close enough right. to one of those. Um. So we've got we've got that, which is sort of your typical, probably Georgia denomination. Then you've got you got a little bit of Catholic. His neighbor yeah. is Pentecostal. Yeah. And like, you don't see a lot of it, but it's not even like weird Pentecostal. Like they portray kind of everybody in a positive light. Yeah. And I have not seen a positive or semi-positive depiction of a Pentecostal person ever in a home. <laughs> ever maybe and so i you know i i carry a lot of like bitterness with the denomination i grew up in and i had to like work through that and sort of let it go at some point you know um and like ultimately i would not change the way i was raised i'm very thankful for all of it the good the bad the ugly it's made me who i am today but every once in a while i see something or go somewhere or have a conversation that makes me realize i haven't quite uh, uprooted <laughs> all yeah. of the stuff and like 
there's a moment when like Chris is giving the big like monologue basically about what this movie is about, which again was not really needed. And she's talking about people coming together, but just right. like the little montage of like showing everyone worshiping, they like they're showing the that like, was cool church. And when they show, I mean, it's less like a second of time, it's but they sh- time. they show his Pentecostal. Friend, like neighbor like in his church doing his like you know his like charismatic over-the-top worship and it hit it hit me really emotionally to see like this is being presented in a positive light that like all of yeah. these different expressions including the pentecostal one it can be a good thing and i was just whoo it really did i mean it hit me yeah. like whoo so th- i think it's that point, that tiny little thing is what really kind of like helped me find something of value in this movie. Um, now, once we get everybody together, it's not as impactful as it could be. <laughs> and and like you said, the um, the what what did they call her? A root root worker? Mm-hmm. Yeah, root work healer. Like. Yeah, the fact that she was, I was like, there's too much Christianity in this. Like, we got the Catholic guy, we got the Baptist, right. Methodist, whatever guy, we got the Pentecostal guy, we got the ex-nun who's Catholic. Like, right. the root work healer, she doesn't need to be Christian. She really doesn't. I, I honestly felt like, realistically, and this is going to sound insane, I feel like they were scared of taking risks. Like, this whole movie felt like they were scared of taking risks. They're like, yeah, we'll make her a root worker. We'll make her, you know, have this indigenous magic. But she does have to still believe in the same God as everybody else. And she still has to give like, you know, their uh, that blessing. And 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 it's just it just felt like everything was very half assed, which Mm -hmm. was really frustrating. Mm -hmm. I also felt like I liked the idea of it being an exorcist movie outside of the Catholic Church. But if that's the case, don't piggyback off this franchise this franchise is a catholic franchise. you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. that's the whole bit and i know it's overused and i know it's overdone because it's been done you know and amounts of time since the original make it something new you know what i mean um explore ideas of people getting possessed and then an entire community of only pentecostal people trying to exercise it together um like how much more impactful would that be or like someone getting possessed and then it being only a community of like indigenous healers trying to get rid of that mm-hmm. how much more impactful would that be it just felt like they they tried to put too many things into one thing they tried to have everybody come stir the pot and there was no seasoning because of it everybody canceled each other out you know yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh it's like almost like a like a one step forward, one step back thing uh, 100%. with this movie, you know? Cuz it did do some different things that I really admire, but it it didn't fully commit to the they ideas, didn't commit right? To the bit. They didn't commit to the bit. <laughs> no, they did not. Um okay, one more thing I wanted to bring up that surprised me mm-hmm. is um I do think it was a gutsy choice to have one of the girls die. Because that's always kind of the thing, right? Is that it's, oh, you're saved, right? Every Mm -hmm. exorcism movie, you know, you're like, you know, the child is going to be saved eventually. And so the fact that one of them is allowed to die was, was a refreshing choice. And also the fact that um, the one they choose, they think they're choosing the one that's going to live. But when they make the choice, they're actually choosing one that's going to die. 
that reminded me of so at, in in our house church right now we're going through all the parables all of Jesus's parables and so I have that on my mind and so whenever I saw that it it reminded me of there are several parables where it's basically like uh whoever is first will be last and who is last will be first Mm. And so it really, it that rang true for me in this is that the one family is like grabbing their daughter and giving preference to their daughter and oops, you have now doomed your daughter because she- It reminded me choice. of Saul, honestly. Really? Oh, tell me more. Well, I mean, I could be wrong, but isn't Saul the one that had the story of um, he had to, there was two women who claimed that- you know, they wanted this baby, that this baby oh, was King theirs. King Solomon. Mm-hmm. King Solomon. King Solomon, sorry. Um, it reminded me of that story. And the woman that was like, yeah, it's cool. You can cut the baby in half, whatever. And the other one was like, no, I would never do that. It very much gave that. Like, not yeah. to say they loved their kid less, but they loved their neighbor less. And yeah. that, to me, was so crazy. Yeah. Um, I also thought that the dynamic between the girl's mom and dad was really interesting because the mom was always very open and they do little subtle things to show that the mom is more open than the dad. Her dad is a dick. Uh, The entire movie, he is not a nice man. No. But it's funny because they're portrayed as like these very pious people, which also fun. Um, And of course, he's the one that makes that stupid decision because I can see it from a mile away because he's a very selfish man. Mm -hmm. And he gets his comeuppance for that, unfortunately, at the girl's at the cost of the girl's life. But you can definitely tell like they are divorced by the end of the movie. They are separated. They showed up to that diner in two separate cars at two separate times because mom was tired of his shit. And I'm (laughs) sure that like the death of their daughter for sure sent that home, you know, but it's it is a. I agree. It was a cho- it was a, a bold enough choice to let the kid die, but even then, less of a bold choice because there were two, two. of them. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 again. It's that one step forward, one step back. Like trying yeah. to like have your cake and eat it too. Um, yeah. Which, which again, like goes back to, I guess, sort of my skepticism with David Gordon Green's sincerity and like real commitment to the horror genre. It's like, do you really love it? Do you really have like things to say and stories to tell? Or are you just like a tourist, like hanging out Mm. in the horror genre, you know? Um. (laughs) Yeah. I, I definitely feel like, unfortunately it's more of the latter Mm -hmm. um, because horror, like good horror has always pushed forward, has Mm -hmm. always dared to do a little too much for the sake of the bit, you know, for the sake of whatever they were trying to drive home, for the sake of making people uncomfortable. Like, they are not afraid to pull that plug. Mm -hmm. Um, He definitely feels like a a company man, an executive man, someone Mm -hmm. who's trying to make all the money he can for the people that are, you know, funding this movie. Mm-hmm. Right. And how do you do that? You make safe choices. Yeah. And that's a larger conversation, I think, about Blumhouse that's that I've had with some people and that yeah. I, you know, I can't tell like Blumhouse, I think, started out as a really great studio because their whole model was, well, we do small budget movies, um, but we just give director like carte blanche, like you have final cut, just we're going to give you three million dollars, five million dollars because we can afford yeah. that and you just do whatever you want to do. And so that's how the studio started. But now that they've they've grown, which is good um, because they love horror and they produce a lot of horror. 
But they're getting into these big tent franchises. Mediocre horror. Well, so that's where that's sort of where we are, right? It's like you when they started, they made movies like Sinister, which is one of my Mm. favorite horror movies of the last. Well, it's been over a decade now, about a decade actually. Um, You know, you got these really cool little passion projects, but now that we're holding up tent pole franchises, we can't afford when you pay $400 million for the right to the exorcist, you have to make it back. And so there's no, um, you lose that sort of like creative freedom and you lose the ability to take risks because you have to make your money back, you know? So it's going to be interesting to see like where Blumhouse decides to go because, you know, they have to make a decision about what kind of stuff they want to produce. Yeah. It also feels like one of those things where it's like, why, aim for higher but i i don't know historically like lower budget horror is where it blooms right smaller Mm -hmm. casts Mm -hmm. uh less budgety sets like you know you make do with what you can unless you're talking about this like a crazy creature feature where you need crazy special effects that's one thing but for the most part if you're talking about ambiance you're talking about script like you don't need a shit ton of money to do a good job What's also, like, really unfortunate, this script was bad. Like, it was not written well. There was one-liners where I was like, did they really say that? Why are, why are we talking? People don't talk like that. What are we doing? Yeah. I also felt that way, honestly, about pretty much all the demonic dialogue. Oh, my God. I Same. I was it was like, all pretty what? cliche. Oh, it was awful. It was awful. Um, <laughs> it just felt like, who wrote this? <laughs> 10 people in a room i mean they're suffering from the same thing that i feel like a lot of like superhero movies a lot of big budget movies where there's a team of people writing it as opposed to one or two people and everybody gets a say and everything gets watered down and it just feels goofy Mm -hmm. it just feels goofy um definitely think i'm i hope i have hope it would be amazing uh, to have a non-Catholic exorcism movie. Um, I would love that. I would love to see it if it was just one community dealing with someone that they loved um, with all the tools at their disposal and it's different. You know, mm-hmm. it's not sanctioned. It doesn't have to be sanctioned. Because that's the other thing is that, you know, according to The Exorcist, supposedly only legit exorcisms happen with sanctions from the catholic church they happen with ordained preachers when you and i both know that there are plenty of quote-unquote exorcisms that happen in backwater churches because uncle bob took a wrong turn you know what i mean yeah 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 well like i said i was so excited by the the hint that we might get like a haitian version of it that i was just i mean i would be i would be all in on Give me Pentecostal, give me Haitian, give me whatever. Like, you know, it would be, I would be there for it. Because at this point, I mean, there is nothing else to do in the typical exorcism movie lane. Like, It's all been done. It's all just the same, you know? And it's not my, as you know, it's not my favorite subgenre anyway. So like, I'm, I'm ready for something different, which is why I think the, the tiny, tiny little different road we went down in this movie just made me so excited. (laughs) Like, I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I sure I have my criticisms. I don't love this movie. I've had to like tell a couple people that I'm like, listen, I don't love this movie. I don't think this movie needs to exist. All I'm saying is I didn't hate it. And I found some nuggets of value. However, 
I do not think that the 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 couple of interesting things that this movie proposed, I do not think the next two movies are gonna continue down that road or do no. anything. I think we've I think this is as interesting as this quote unquote trilogy it's, is going it's to gonna get. get. Yeah, agreed. So I don't know. I just really hope that like and again, I haven't looked at the numbers and stuff, but I hope that it bombed bad enough that they cannot justify doing two more and maybe they'll just hold on to the rights and try it again in a decade. I don't know. I, I hope know. that's the case, man. I will also I would be remiss if I didn't say that. Um the portion in Haiti at the beginning where she goes to get blessed, I feel like they made it seem like it wasn't a real blessing, right? Because immediately after she got blessed, all that awful stuff happened, the earthquake happened, all of that. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until later in the movie like, you know, when he's facing the when Victor's facing the demon and his daughter and stuff that you realize that it actually was a blessing. Um, so I definitely think they played off of like Western sensibilities when it comes to unknowns and, you know, like different practitioners of magic uh, in the Caribbean. Um, so, yeah, I would I would love to see. Something else. It kind of leads me back into the conversation we had on the witches podcast. Yes, I was going to bring that up too. Mm -hmm. Where we see witches Uh, of different cultures and different different ethnicities. Yeah, my my favorite part, for example, of like um, um, the the Coven American Horror Story situation Mm -hmm. was were the you know African West African witches, the witches from the Caribbean. Um, like I, we need it. We need a story of just them. We need a story of, we got to get out of Catholicism, man. No shade to the homies, but we've already seen it. Yeah. It's been great. It's been great. But we had like, a good yeah, run. Let's do some different <laughs> things, you know, or, and even, yeah. yeah, exorcisms, witches, all of it, you know, we've got, so there's so much rich folklore from around the world like let's let's tap into some of that and as we know like i mean the horror genre needs it so agreed yeah so anyway um i think we can move on from the exorcist believer but i want to know what are your halloween plans i am going to a family halloween party on saturday um what else is happening uh my I'm doing a market, a little Halloween market, which will be really fun. Um, and that's it. I'm I'm very low key this year. I'm so tired. You guys uh, doing uh, trick or treating on the day? Oh, a hundred percent. I'm dressing up as Shrek. Oh. Uh, Artie's gonna be Bluey. <laughs> oh, I love it. AJ's not dressing up this year because he's also very tired. But yeah, our neighborhood always goes all out for Halloween because there's a oh, lot of kids. Love so it. I'm super stoked on that. Yeah. What about you guys? Um, so we are I'm actually coming to Florida because I have a staff meeting this week. And so I'll be getting back into town on Saturday. Um, and we don't really have any hard plans until we get to Halloween night. So I decided I was like, if I'm gonna be out of town for Halloween weekend when all this stuff happens. Um, I was like, I, we are going to have a low key party at our house on Halloween. I was like, I don't care that it's a Tuesday. We're all adults. (laughs) Who cares? We have work the next day. Um, so we're having like maybe 10 people over. I'm going to make a big pot of chili. 
Uh, we're all bringing like candy and snacks, like sweet snacks, and we're going to watch a couple horror movies. So I'm ne- right now trying to determine which two movies I'm going to choose that are scary enough, but will not damage my normie friends. So, <laughs> you should yeah. you should watch Trick or Treat. That is one of them that is in the running, actually. I think we're going to yeah. start with Sleepy Hollow, and then we're going to move on to maybe Trick or Treat, maybe Creep Show. Yeah, we'll both see. of those are classics. Yeah. And I feel like definitely um, digestible enough by the normies. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sleepy Hollow is a f- Sleepy Hollow is so good, man. Yeah. I love it. Aesthetically, it's so good. I love a young Johnny Depp. Ugh. Yes. That movie is just. It's such it's great um, Halloween vibes, but also it's such a great ad- adaptation of that story. Yeah, like it's really good. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thank you again for coming on. I'm so glad we finally made it happen. And remind <laughs> people where they can find all of your creative doings. Um, I am online as Luna the Specter. Um, I'm really active with my Instagram account. I also have an Etsy. Um, and I will be um, hopefully tattooing next year. Yes. So if you're, you know, in the Florida area and curious about getting something spooky tattooed, come find me. <laughs> yes, I know uh, lots of my listeners and or friends are all about spooky tattoos. And when you're going to do that, you want somebody who understands the fandom. So Nat will be We love it here. <laughs> All right. Well, um, guys, next month I'm going to be talking about – what am I going to be talking about? Um, oh, my God. The Conjuring. <laughs> Love. It's been such a long week. Um, and Logan from Ghoulish University will be on. Um, as always, please uh, follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Give me a five-star review anywhere you can do that. Um, you guys all have a safe and happy Halloween. And until next time, stay spooky. Stay spooky.